0: Love, talk Radio. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of A Crazy Dream. I am your host Tamika, CEO of Mother's Garden, and the host of this podcast. Today we have a special guest. I've been following her online for a while. Kamshuka, the author of Becoming Warrior, is a coach, international speaker, and a woman who is living her life to the fullest. Thank you for joining us, Kamshuka.
1: Thank you for having me. So excited. Of course, of course. So I came <laughs> across
0: you like on Instagram a while back, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I've been following you and seeing all the amazing things you're doing. And I just wanted to know if you could first tell us how you came up with the term warrior woman. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, that's, you know, something that I think a lot of us women are in denial of. We... Um, We have a fight inside of us. We all do because we all have a story. We all have a journey we walk through. And uh, sometimes it takes just owning that story and saying it like it is. So for me, it meant saying, you know what, yes, I had a crappy childhood. You know, yes, this happened to me. But I'm not just a survivor. I'm a warrior. And that's the mentality I wanted to, um, you know, get women thinking into so warrior woman you know warrior queen warrior mom it's just we're all warriors you know if we've come through life if we've lived life we're warriors that's how it came about yes and like you
0: said warrior queen not warrior woman and Mm -hmm. yes and you talked a little bit you said you know you had a crappy childhood and I'm sure a lot of people Mm -hmm. listening can relate Mm -hmm. can you tell us a little bit about you know your childhood your upbringing
1: yeah sure I'm Actually a survivor of uh, the Ugandan Civil War and um, being born to, I guess you can say, biracial parents. You know, my father was East African from Uganda and my mother is Indian, an Anglo-Indian. So um, always kind of trying to figure out where they wanted to raise their children, how they wanted to live and just the timing of I guess when they got together, so much was happening in the world. And, um, so happened that the civil war in Uganda had been, you know, going on and it just got really crazy. And my mom being a foreigner could leave the country. So she actually left Uganda when I was four years old. And uh, the idea was to be able to bring us out, you know, to, to go somewhere and start a life and we can, you know, be a family again. And, um, so she left myself and my brother, who was two and a half years old, and my father, and, um, and just to, you know, just really hoping that everything would work out. And so my memories um, of life begin at that stage. You know, I remember the soldiers and the military and just the gunfire. It's just chaos, you know, so much chaos on the streets, so much panic in our house, um, just no peace, you know, and that's... Um, my memories as a child. I mean, miraculously, we we were safe. Like, we weren't harmed. We we never had any scars um, on our body from soldiers of the military, although everyone on our street, uh, they had passed on. Like, they were killed. They had gone into every house. Like, it was just craziness. And um, I write about how we had these three days and three nights when we had to be in the... I guess you can call your walk-in closet, like it was a washroom and it was little and we just hid there and no food and no, you know, tried telling a two and a half year old not to make noise and um, just really scared for our lives and I remember my dad was just praying the whole time and um, I was always that curious observant child so I, I knew what was going on. I was well aware of it and you know, after three days, three nights, we did come out of that that little room, and, and I remember looking out the window and seeing, you know, dead bodies, and just silence, and so dusty, just knowing that so much had happened, and we were saved, like it felt like we were saved, but of course, you know, that's just almost like the beginning of the journey, and um my childhood just, it was just so much different, so many different things. Um, From there, we, you know, we did move on to a different city, but then I remember the whole goal was to reunite with my mom. And so, so, you know, someone has helped us get on a plane and, hopefully make it to India thinking she was there and she wasn't so I spent three years of my life in India growing up and learning and going to school and just really just having you know trying to have a childhood I guess is what you just so much um scarring internally you know so no scars on our skin but just so much emotional scars and 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 I learned this later in life that um You know, the rejection and all the questions. And, you know, when you're a child and you don't see things the way they used to be, it's almost like what's happening? You're you're kept out of the loop because you're a child. Like no one's going to tell you, you know, what's going on. So it's kind of like you're trying to figure it out. And um, that's how my childhood was. But at the age of seven years old, um, yeah, I just turned seven, we had finally been reunited after so long uh, you know, we've been re- reunited with my mom. She had gone to the Middle East and she had got a job there and she was able to bring us out. And so that journey was, you know, quite long, and especially for myself. But after three years of being in India and really um, trying to be strong for my dad and trying to be, you know, take care of my brother as, as I felt I needed to, um, it was really nice to see my mom again and just to start life over. It felt like a new beginning, um, like the best thing I could have ever imagined, like the best day of my life, you know, seeing her in the airport and um and I actually thought that, okay, we're going to be good now. You know, we're in the Middle East, it was a beautiful beautiful place, tiny little island called Bahrain. Just beautiful and we could be a family again and, you know, not realizing that years later we'd be going to another war. <laughs> Like here we go again into the Gulf War, but it didn't affect me as much as all of it did as I became a teenager. That's when all these deep rooted things, all the things I had you know pushed down, things I would never dealt with i they started coming up, and I think I started realizing I had more things um than i and i like I looked okay, and we all do right? We all wear like these masks and we look okay, but Deep inside of me was so much, and um, working through all of that has taken years, and even even as an adult now and as a mom, I have to wake up and choose to be positive, choose to, you know, uh, almost like encourage yourself when you can't find the people around you. But it is a journey, and it is the story, you know, it's um it's what makes us strong, and I realize that now, but childhood was not easy. <laughs> I mean yeah. I, I get I get to have a childhood now with my kids and I keep trying to remind myself, you know, I get that opportunity to play and to allow them to be children and to join in and so I, I find the I find it in different ways now where I can, you know, almost like save those parts of me. But um it is definitely the journey that I've been on.
0: Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting because You know, you talk about that experience, and a lot of times we see these massacres and these Mm -hmm. wars happening, and we feel so disconnected,
1: and we can't
0: picture it Mm -hmm. happening to us.
1: Right. Absolutely. Um, Last week, it was a little tough for me last week, just seeing what's happening in Syria and just, you know. Um, just watching some of those videos and just the reality of, you know, and and, and aside from the fact that whose fault it is and, you know, but it's like there's women and children and um, no one deserves to go through such pain and heartbreak. And um, so it's allowed me to definitely, you know, have a little bit of a, (laughs) a soft spot about it and to be able to have the conversations with my children and, you know, not just so we're so, comfortable where we are always but also to realize the rest of the world goes through so many different things that we may never understand but it takes you know just even a moment to to have like a thought or a prayer for them or just even be aware you know to just understand what's happening happening presently around the world so um I don't like hearing of wars I really don't but for obvious reasons but this is the world we live in and it just kind of makes you Um, you know, really grateful and thankful for each day. It really does. I I, I take those moments as, uh, you know, gratitude um, reminders because it's easily forgotten. We get so petty with the issues we have, you know, over here on this side of the world. So definitely a reminder to be grateful.
0: Definitely. Even just hearing you know, you share that experience, because I've never actually spoken to someone who's experienced that. Mm, but, mm-hmm. you know, watching these things, that's really vivid for me. And I just imagine, you know, like people mm. hiding and trying and you know, <laughs> what you just said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so I know, you know, writing has been, mm. I'm sure a major yeah. outlet. Like, could you share how that helped you? Yeah.
1: Oh, I'm so I'm so thankful for that. Um, I started writing, I would say maybe I've always written journal. I love journaling just overall. Um, I've always written, you know, pieces here and pieces there in my journals and I stopped for a couple of years because it started to get real to me and uh, and then I picked it back up again about 10 years ago and I just started writing what the journey was and what I had gone through and and it gets tough to have to write it because, you know, it's like the reality of reliving it and um, I thought the more I wrote the better I felt, um, the more I could face it. And I never really wrote it with the idea that I was going to publish or I wasn't thinking of any of that. I was just writing because it brought more healing to me than I thought it could ever give me, you know, and um, it helped me understand. It It really actually helped me stop, pause my life, and go back and just be Present in that moment, but as an adult so so it almost allowed me to see myself as a little girl and understand you know why I would have felt the way I felt and why I you know was upset about certain things, but it allowed me to take myself back, and I needed to go back to move forward, so that really, really helped me a lot, <laughs> yeah,
0: so you talked about you know you just said like you needed to go back to move forward. What would you say to the yeah. person who maybe hasn't experienced war but might have experienced rape mm-hmm. or some other serious trauma? You know, mm-hmm. what
1: suggestions might you have for them? Well, for sure, you know, I always say that, and, and I've heard it being said before, you know, we, we look at our past and it is our reference. It should be our reference, not our residence. So you don't want to move in there and dwell on it. But um, in those years that I was um, in India, I did go through a lot of, you know like my grandmother wasn't a fan of uh, my mom marrying a black man so that was tough And you know just being that child and not being allowed to do this and that and uh, and been kind of being thrown around in, in different places and not understanding it wasn't love you know and um, myself as well I've also been abused sexually so for me that was a part that I didn't want to remember. And I know for years I've it out, just as we all do with, you know, traumatic things. But going back really helped me. And sometimes you need to sit with someone. Sometimes you need to, you know, to get into counseling or therapy, whatever it is that can help you um, go back in a healthy way and understand that, you know, sometimes we don't get to hear the words, I'm sorry. We don't get to hear those people say that to us. Either they're not alive anymore or we cannot. You know, we don't get that all the time. We don't get that opportunity. But what it allowed me to do was to release myself from that, you know, so from those feelings and the way I, uh, I felt like I was carrying those things and didn't even know I was carrying these burdens. And uh, it allowed me to go back in a way where to an apology that I never received. But it gave me peace, and um, it wasn't an overnight thing for sure. It's it's definitely not an overnight thing. But it it is something that you you learn to do every day. It's almost like as you grow and as you evolve as a person, um, we're always changing and we're always you know growing for the better. But also in that growth. You know, we also are, we're also healing. So sometimes you have to go back, real, really, you know, to that place where the pain started, or you know, where your memories are stopped, or where you're you you've blocked it out. And and in doing that, although it's painful, it's so necessary for us to be able to move forward um, on on every level. You know, because. Everything has a lot to do with love. And if we can't get to a place where we love ourselves enough to release ourselves and forgive us, you know, ourselves, because sometimes we feel like it's our fault, you know, it's because of me. And it's like we need to get to a place where we can, you know, release ourselves to move forward into our future and be ready for what's in store for us. Or it's so hard to take that step forward if you if you're not able to go back in that sense.
0: That's oh, so true. So mm-hmm. you know, I know that you know you're you're also an author. So I would love mm-hmm. for you to share, you know, how you started that process because I know a lot of people listening have all these ideas inside of them. <laughs> all, you know, yeah. all these stories they want to share. <laughs> you know, yeah. tell us, mm-hmm. you know, how you went about that.
1: Um, like I said, I was writing because um it it brought me healing, and uh the more I wrote the you know the more i felt i felt so much i felt so much and I felt better every time uh the The moment I realized not only was I writing for my healing, but I was actually writing for somebody else. That was the moment I realized my story was not about me um yeah, it really sucked that it had to be me to go through what I went through, but I actually realized that a lot of the times the things we go through and the things that happen to us, um, they're for someone else. Like someone had to hear the story. Someone had to take something from it. And when I realized that, I realized that it was almost like a crime to who I am and to my story for me to not share. Um, I don't know if you realize, but the generation before us never shared. They never, they were silent on so many levels. They never told us, like my mother never shared a lot of the things that I hear she's open to share now, but women in, in the past never, they never talked about a lot of issues and because they didn't share and they didn't enlighten us, a lot of us went through the same things, the same cycles, especially if it's, within the family, we all went through the same cycle. And it's like you see the patterns in, in the generation. And I felt like, you, as, you know, myself not sharing my story, I was allowing that silence to continue. And I didn't want to do that. So I said, you know what, I'm going to put more effort into writing. I'm going to um, write this with my whole heart. And I'm going to take the time I need to put into it. And I decided, because it's tough when you have, you know, a lot of different things and kids. And so I decided that I would, you know, every night I would do about 30 minutes. <laughs> and uh, if I could do it in the morning, I would go back to it. And if it never, and, and if it wouldn't come to me, I wouldn't force myself, you know. And there were some moments I was inspired and I'd write much more. And other times I had nothing. And it was too hard to go there. But um, in in doing that, I would encourage, you know, anyone that has a story, anyone that has something that they feel that ne- it needs to get out there, um, it's, it's almost like if you don't share, there's an urgency to being able to share your story and share your thoughts and knowing that someone out there is waiting on it. And not to rush the process, but just to know that, you know, it's, you, you, you have to share your story because it's, it's uh, going to kill you if you don't. It's, um, it's going to eat at you. It's almost like when you have, you know, a passion and you don't get at it, it it'll, it'll torment you. <laughs> so it's like you have to get to a place where you can dedicate the time and, uh, and, and just write or record, your you know, or whatever it is. But it's almost like we, we, have, we owe it to the generation to come and our children, we owe it to them to share our stories. Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, I'm just thinking about what you said about, you know, the generation before ours not sharing. What are some yeah. of the things that you do now or some of the ways that you make sure to share with your
1: children so mm-hmm. that they can be
0: empowered in that sense, you know, of not having to go mm-hmm. through those things?
1: Right. Um, I definitely, you know, a lot of my story is, is also graphics. So I can't always share everything. But I definitely don't want to raise my children to be in a bubble, you know, and then they get to 15 or 18 and realize, whoa, well, Mom, I didn't know that about you. And, you know, and I, and I did write a book, so it's like exactly how I was. And so they're curious to you know what's in the book. And so I've allowed them to be able to read the book. Um, they haven't completed it, but they'll go back and they'll, you know, and my book, the book I've written is not just my story. It's also a journal. So it's like, you can share, you know, parts about you. So I I go into a little bit of questioning, you know, I get my readers to not only hear what I'm saying, but also think about what, You know, what does it mean to them? So what does it mean to detox your mind? You know, how could you be uh, more mindful of uh, who you are? So I kind of, it's like homework. So my kids will pick up the book and, you know, they'll read a little here and there. But we just have open conversations. Um, I just want them to be aware of, you know, things that are happening in the world and how, you know, things are set up because it's not fair for me not to share that with them. It's almost like, um. Me not telling them and waiting for them to get to a certain age to, you know, if you realize the way the generations are going now and even the school kids, they are doing a lot of things much earlier than we did, you know, and um, my oldest is 13 years old and some of the things I hear, I don't think I had those worries at 13. They were maybe at 16 or 17, but they're, you know, they're wise, they're very wise, curious generations who have the access they have access to to the internet and to technology and if we can't take the time to have these conversations someone else will and it won't be the way we want it to be so um i try to have that conversation i try to be very open and you know with a lot of things that happen in the world and they're curious so they also come and they ask me and i try my best to um, not water it down, but also not, you know, because <laughs> we're kids, but so not um, throw them off track altogether. But definitely have that open conversation really helped. Yeah. So I know that
0: you're also, you know, you do international speaking
1: engagements.
0: Mm-hmm. And, yes. yeah, I would just love for you to talk about, you know, how you started mm-hmm. to do the speaking engagements, but also Uh, You know, do you focus on speaking to women, to men, or do
1: you have a Mm -hmm. preference? Yeah, Um, definitely women are my preference, I guess I could say, but I have spoken to uh, audiences of different ages, of different genders, and um, I tailor the story and I tailor my message to the audience that I'm speaking to. I've spoken to groups of men before and been able to reach them, and uh, it's just really knowing and understanding what the audience is looking for and what they need from me that day. Um, as a speaker, I've always been so afraid. I, I remember as a child, I was so afraid of uh, oral oral presentations. And I, so it's really funny that I do this for a living now. And um, it only made sense because I used to be the kid who would negotiate with, your, you know, your parents. I'm sure we all have one of those children who are always negotiating something. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's great to be able to use my voice as a tool to impact. Um, and I didn't want it to be, and because I've grown up around the world, I really didn't want to just be local in that sense. I really wanted to be able to reach um, different groups of people and different types of people. So uh, about three years ago, I developed a program called I Am Warrior. And the program is basically, um, it's slightly out, out of my book as well, but it is, to, it is a setup of, you know, getting to understand who we are as people and what our purpose is and what is our purpose despite the fact that we've been through life. Um, so not just getting stuck in victim mode or, you know, why me, how do, how could this happen to me, but what do we do with that information? How do we take that? apply it to our life, and uh, have a warrior mentality where we choose to not fail, where every uh, moment that we consider a failure is really just a lesson and a stepping stone to the next. So uh, having that program set up, and that enabled me to be able to take that to different schools, different organizations, and, and really just being bold enough to say, I mean, I can't tell – you know, anyone, that they're a warrior if I can be bold enough to step out in that sense. So um, I've really had um, the privilege, it, it is a privilege to be able to to speak to different groups of people and to um, share my story, but also to get my audiences to dig within themselves, to take those moments to look within, you know, themselves and say, okay, well, maybe my story is not the same, but... You know, I, I, may, I have something I, I want to share with the world and I have something that I want, to, I, I want to do. So it's really just igniting the fire within each person to live a life that's full and not just being comfortable with existing and doing the routine, you know? Yeah, definitely.
0: Like you talk about mm-hmm. existing and, you know, a lot of times I meet people and they tell me all these things they want to do, but mm-hmm. day by day, you know, it's just a repetition.
1: Mm-hmm. Man, it's
0: like yeah, it's like literally like you're surviving through life.
1: Yeah, Yeah. It's it's um it gets tiring after how like how long can you because surviving really is and trust me Yeah. Like, yeah. Just, um, keep dreaming until it happens <laughs> Yeah well if you
0: set the goal And you have an intention Then it will happen Exactly <laughs> Yeah well thank you
1: so much Kim
0: Shika for being on this episode Of A Crazy Dream Thank you Yes I will definitely be reaching out to you To come back on the show You know and Oh, I wish you. You, oh yeah you're amazing I wish you much, much <laughs> success Thank you Thank you